0: You're listening to episode 14 of This Is Us, Season 1 podcast, brought to you by Joanne the Life Coach Podcast Productions. Hey, this is Joanne Philomena. Welcome back. And I'm here today with Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Joanne. I didn't even do our intros right. I may fix it, or they just may not even know who we are. (laughs) I'm Joanne Philomena, the author of Widowed, and my co-host is Rachel Nakmias, the author of The Face of the Business. There we go. Some of you have written to us saying, I'm waiting on two episodes of your podcast. We apologize. Understand that Rachel and I both have businesses of our own. We work full-time on our businesses, sometimes more than full-time, and we were both traveling on business last week, so it had us away for a while, but we are back and recovered and ready to podcast. So we've got episode 14 for you today, I call marriage. Right? Yes. So, um yeah, and I call marriage, this was really great because it really hit on all of the marriage situations. Like we had stuff going on with Kate and Toby. We had stuff going on with Jack and Rebecca. And with Beth and Randall, I think Beth is the one that says, I call marriage. I need my teammate tonight. Right. So at
1: first when I saw the episode title, I was like, wait, what What does that mean? And then I was like, oh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this starts out with, I want to start out with Toby and Kate. Because there was like so much Toby and, you know, he, I mean, he showed up, he texts her that there's a package waiting in the main office. Right. And when she gets there, it's him. Yeah. Which at first was like super sweet. Like he packed up a backpack of some of her favorite things, like her favorite magazines and stuff. Yeah. And she's delighted until he says that now they should take off and go hang out at his hotel. Right. At first she says no, and then she says yes, but he apologizing for throwing off her schedule and leaves, and it's all good to this point, because she's still thinking, like, he's the sweetest thing ever.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah, until uh, he runs into Jerk Duke. Oh, my God. Worst character. I, I know well, it. Not to get too ahead of us, but I, I think we're done with it at this point. I think so, too. But I was like, in my notes again, I was putting, what is the deal with this character? Because pre-return of the show, they were saying he was like a love interest or someone who was supporting Kate through a crisis.
1: Yeah, I was. I I think that was a pretty misleading press release. I I think think so, too. Really, to get the fan base all stirred up. And that they were being intentionally, like, misleading when
0: they released that to the press. You think so? Because, yeah, Duke has been anything but supportive. Yeah. Um, And there's no point. I was like, is
1: this going to turn around? And no, it doesn't seem like it. No, it doesn't.
0: (laughs) He implies to Toby that there's something going on between him and Kate. Because when Toby says who he is, he says, oh, well, this is awkward. Just um, never mind, right? Uh, and, uh, <laughs> I know, and Toby totally bites. Like all his insecurities just come rushing out of him. Totally, yeah, yeah, so. and, and yeah.
1: Like, I mean, I, I kind of think all guys are like that, to be honest. Some, you know, like they're all good with it until you know some other guy kind of implies something, and then they're they're like, you know instantly going into chest pounding mode right right
0: well he doesn't chest pound too much but he does show up in her class right with the sticks which he refuses to take seriously and it irks Kate and it irked me yeah (laughs) he was being total third grade idiot
1: I know you you were really ticked off by that I (laughs) I don't know I didn't have quite that um I guess like I mean, I I guess he was kind of, like, invading in her space and something that, like, because we saw in the previous episode that this, like, sticks thing has been really transformational for Kate or started to, like, bring up some stuff. Right. And right. he, it's kind of like, it, it's kind of like for me, if we were, like, doing thought work and somebody, were like, came in and was making fun of the whole thing or something.
0: Right. Right. And I think it got to me because it was really like being in third grade and there's something that makes you uncomfortable and embarrassed. So instead you just start acting stupid about it. Yeah. Which yeah. is what he was doing. You know? I
1: mean, that's kind of like Toby's thing is he's got that like class clown defense mechanism.
0: Right. Right. But she's furious with him. She's mad because she feels like he was mocking her.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it's understandable um, when you're, like, really trying to do something and, um, you know, other people just are making a joke out of it. Even if they're trying to have yes. fun or be funny, um, It's it just maybe was insensitive.
0: Yeah, it was. It was. Um, he's kind of been insensitive before. So... <laughs> But then he goes into, when she confronts him, he's saying, maybe I need you to do something nice for me. I'm freaking out about the chest surgery, Um, which I get that. You know, it's like he's had these things poked into his chest, and that freaks him out. Yeah. So basically, he's really been mad at her for leaving him behind to heal alone in New York. Right. He never said it. He pushed down those emotions. So now they're all going to come screaming out, right? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like one of those things where
1: I guess he was expecting her to read his mind. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I think that's one of the most dangerous things in a relationship is to just expect that the other person's supposed to know exactly what you're thinking and how you're feeling all the time. And like you're supposed to have this mystical connection. That somehow makes you psychic, and it's like no that's that's just never the case,
0: oh yeah, or even i mean you even when you start out with the best of intentions, like i'm okay, I'm gonna make this little sacrifice right. because this is what he or she needs me to do right now, so I'm gonna do that, but then it festers, and pretty soon you begin to resent them for having <laughs> left you alone for that time, yeah, yeah, you know. Totally. You know, and yeah. he's of water.
1: He's not from New York. Um, he's from the West Coast. Right, so, right. Um, you know, assuming, I think it was implied that he kind of had buddies or friends back on the West Coast, but those people aren't even around him. Although, as a matter of fact, do we know anything about Toby's family?
0: <laughs> we don't know anything about Toby. That's we don't stupid. know why he doesn't have a job. Or does he have a job? I have no idea. We know nothing about Toby's backstory. We do, yeah. What is all we know is he was married before and divorced. Mm Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, about it. He tells Kate that. Oh, by the way, he ran into Duke, which she's like, "Oh, geez," and um, then he tells her, "You forgot the bag." And he pulls out of the bag and hands her his grandmother's ring. Yeah. Saying that, you know, he the real reason he had come up there was to bring her that. And then he leaves. So the way they leave things is like just really painful. Yeah. You know, awkward, painful. Yeah, that's the worst when um, it's kind of like going to bed angry. Right. So we see Kate in on the elliptical and duke comes in and she says i'm not eating <laughs> which was perfect in other words she was really upset about how things were left between her and toby mhm but instead of going to eat she went in and got on the elliptical right yeah and uh what do you think about that i think she was still avoiding the whole emotion of it by getting on the elliptical yeah that's that's exactly what I think. It's like,
1: oh, good, just, just sort of replacing one thing with another that maybe right. on the face of it is healthier, but we for sure know there are people who exercise themselves to a point where it's unhealthy. Oh, exactly.
0: Exactly. Those that completely replace overeating with overexercising because right. they're still trying to not face their life.
1: Yeah. And- yeah. And not saying that she is anywhere close to that, but she is, um, sort of, she is sort of repeating the same behavior just with a different thing.
0: Right. Oh, a hundred percent. It's working for her right now. Right. But I mean, you're right. She needs to go sit with what she's feeling and digest that. Yeah. But, and she's avoiding it and to make matters even better. Duke comes in. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, you know, he says, hey, I met the fiance. Good guy. She loses her patience with this dude. You know, he's telling her to accept just who she is. And his offer still stands, cabin 13. For me, that
1: that moment was such a... It was such a, like, one of those villain speeches where they're, they're like, yeah, we're not so different, you and I. Like, it was yeah. a little over the top
0: and ridiculous for me. Oh, it totally was. And he knew that what he pushed Toby, you know, when he insinuated there was something going on, it absolutely worked. Yeah. That they have had a fight. Now she's in there on the elliptical because she's totally freaked out and upset. So she's really vulnerable now. Yeah. And he uh, comes in to do this.
1: And you have to kind of be wondering how many times that worked in the past.
0: I I don't know, ever. (laughs) I really don't like the guy. Did it work? Like, where did this technique come from? Yeah. Ah, yeah. Interesting. And then we have... Randall. And in the opening credits, they um, replayed again that Beth said Randall had gone temporarily blind before.
1: Mm, yeah. I I, I totally forgot about that, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, that he was trying so hard to make their life perfect that he kind of had this emotional breakdown before and couldn't see. Right. I remember she was telling uh, William this about, you know, this is why I have to protect my husband from investing too much into you. Right. Okay. So we kind of see this happening again in this episode where Randall is really struggling. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because he's realizing one William is running out of time. Right. And he's having trouble facing that. Um he and Beth are up. First he has that nightmare about finding William dead. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the youngest daughter wakes him up in the middle of the night cuz she peed her bed. And they find the older daughter is still sitting up all after midnight playing chess with William. Mhm. And the parents didn't even know that she had a chess tournament the next night. Yeah, so it
1: seems like Things are starting to get a little bit overwhelming. Right.
0: Right. Because, you know, the daughter says, well, I wrote it on our whiteboard. And, they were, and Beth is like, I guess we need to look at, check the whiteboard now and then. Um, so, yeah, things are becoming kind of an overwhelming struggle in the household.
1: Yeah. Right. The introduction and- of, you know, William starting to go downhill and just... Um, you know, a little pressure being put on at work for Randall. Things are yep. starting to come to a head.
0: So and that day Randall calls to have a hospice nurse come in. Right. Right? Because he needs to get into the office. He's got a team meeting. He's clearly totally stressed and doesn't want to leave William by himself. Yeah. Um, and we still have that new guy turning up at his work, Sanjay. Yeah. Like another account, it, they're reassigning to Sanjay to help Randall.
1: Yeah. And uh, it's almost like he's like Rand- the Randall version of like the Randall storyline version of Miguel. Like we just automatically hate that
0: guy. <laughs> I know. I know. And it's not that guy's fault. No, he didn't do anything. I, yeah, I just, I kind of hate his boss for not being a little more open about what he's doing. Yeah. Because now Randall thinks that they're going to try to pull his job out from under him.
1: Right. Yeah, it's um it does seem like they're being a little shady about it, although maybe that's accurate. It seems like that kind of world that he's in would be pretty competitive.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, Sanjay's going to be competitive about it and try to look as good as possible. I don't know if his boss is really trying to totally pull his job out from under him or if he's honestly just trying to take some of the workload off of Randall because he can see Randall is struggling right now.
1: Yeah, I don't think we've been given any plot point reasons to believe that his boss has anything but you know, the best of intentions for everybody. He can see what's going on with Randall. And, um, yet, you know, the work still needs to be done. So why not bring in somebody who's, you know, an A player who's going to help work on Randall's accounts, which is presumably are maybe some of the more high profile ones, um, that they have, who's going to nail it so that Randall doesn't have to worry.
0: Right. Um, but it's it's really adding pressure to Randall. Right. Like, he agrees to come back in for a meeting that night, even though he's supposed to be at the chess tournament. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, he's really freaking out at work. And mm-hmm. I can understand that feeling. Yeah. You know, well, you can sense when things are starting to go south, and it freaks you out. Yeah. Uh, he uh, comes home, and Beth is, Beth is showing the girls... Her memory box that she has for her dad, yeah, to help them plan one for William. Mm-hmm. And Randall is not good with this.
1: Yeah, no, he's not. He's not handling it too smoothly. I think Randall might need somebody to to help
0: him make a memory box. I think so. I think so. Yeah, and that's the scene where she. He says he needs to work that night and she's like, no, 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 no. You need to be at the chess tournament with me. I call marriage tonight. Yeah. So she was like, I overrule work. Yeah. I don't know how many wives have that power. (laughs) I mean, Beth, Beth definitely
1: knows how to advocate for herself. She does. Um, And she makes, it's been made as a point a couple times on the show, actually that Beth really put her career aside to raise their girls.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And um, she uh, seems like on a continuing basis demands a certain level of respect for her sacrifice.
0: Oh, yeah, I think so. She's a very strong, intelligent woman. For sure.
1: And she is not going to be just have it be, oh, you know, I raise the girls while you're off working and they never see you. She's not going to let it be like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then what did you think about Kevin talking the older couple out of their booth at the
1: diner? I mean, he sure was using his Manny charm, wasn't he?
0: (laughs) He was. He was. It was a really, I think it was a really great device. Yeah. Because what it did is it explained to us that he and Sophie had lunch there as kids and it became their booth. And, you know, all the things that happened around that booth in the, in that diner. So it was a good device to make us aware of the significance of this diner and this booth. Right. That he wants her to meet in.
1: Yeah, I think, I think that was an elegant way of um, doing an exposition there, especially since at this kind of stage in the story between him and Sophie, we're almost a little bit behind the ape ball because we sort of got that thrown in into the mix. Like, wait, what? You were married
0: before? I know, I know. You were yeah. as,
1: as kids and like all this stuff. So we're yeah. still like kind of finding out the backstory on this whole situation. So it did just open up like a cute little way of us getting more details about their history
0: together. True. It did. But what got me was that now... They're overusing this comic trope of, were you the Manny? Right. Like after he goes through this long romantic speech about why he needs their specific booth, this is what she says back to him. Were you the Manny? Yeah. And I think they're wearing that one a little thin now.
1: Maybe so. Although, to be totally honest with you, I do think to some degree that would be a realistic, like, ex explanation of (laughs) what it's like to have been on, like, a major sitcom, like, nationwide. I'm sure, like, for the the rest... There are probably people who are on a show like that who, for the rest of their life, somebody will ask them, you know, their version of, were you the Manny? But I get what you're saying. I mean, they probably... They probably could have come up with something else. I don't think that was a moment where it was especially poignant, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. They've been just, I I don't know, I felt like they've been overusing it. Although you're probably right. I'm sure there was a number of years before William Shatner could get people to say, are you William Shatner? Right. They probably always said, oh, are you Captain Kirk? (laughs) Right? So, yeah,
1: Yeah, I, I, I for sure think that when you have a signature character like that, that you were known for, especially he was on that show, what, eight years or something? Um, yeah. I I think I think that is maybe something that would actually happen. But And I also kind of liked how, like, he does this whole explanation. It's so heartfelt. And, like, you get the impression that they were only half listening to what he's
0: saying. Uh, right, right. Because they're, they're totally distracted. Yeah. This is the Manny standing there saying this to them. Right. So, um, but they give him the booth. And he yells out an order for lava fries, like Mm -hmm. quick, get me an order of lava fries. She shows up. We learn lots about her, but first she shows up and tells him, I only came here to tell you to go screw yourself. Right. And they set down the plate of lava fries and she says, lava fries, damn it. And she sits down. (laughs) Right. So the lava fries totally worked. Yeah. And then we start getting a lot of backstory. Right? Yeah. Like she kissed him for the first time on a field trip when they were in eighth grade. Right. Um, when they were married, they both decided to do the long distance thing because he was trying to make the acting career for himself out in L.A. Yeah. So we get a little of idea of what went wrong.
1: I mean, we get a yeah. lot of idea of what went wrong. Right.
0: Right. And they chat and Kevin mentions picking up where they left off. Right. And again, now she's ticked because she's thinking about where it was. They really left off, which was not a good place. Yeah. Okay. He follows her to the subway, which does not look like a New York city subway. Huh. It's like the cleanest yep. Metro train I think I've ever seen. Um <laughs> And he makes his case, right? And it becomes clear how much, how well they know each other. You really get that old married couple sense because he comes in and gets the guy to change seats with him. And he says, I know that you only chew on your nails when you're nervous. Uh Uh-huh. And you always get nervous about the stuck train. So I just wanted to see if you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so they start in small talk, you know, she's saying, how's this one? How's that one? He tips his hands about, you know, so sorry about your mom's MS. And she's like, how did you know that? And he confesses to having a false Facebook profile to become friends with her so he could keep up with her. Right. He's Sue yi. Now, what did you think about that? I was creeped out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess... Um,
1: I guess I kind of understand it. Like, so, like I'm getting shut out entirely. Like, sometimes all of a sudden is so hard that I don't necessarily think of it as a creepy thing. I would maybe think of it as something, you know, you would do right away as a reaction. And then it's there, so let me just go check it. Let
0: me just go see. Yeah, I don't know. That's still kind of an extreme thing. Like Yeah. Like you're gonna make a face pro a fake profile so that you can spy on your ex boyfriend or something. I mean his posts. I mean, I just wouldn't
1: have occurred to me, but I I think it's more common than you think.
0: Stop it. <laughs> i mean i know there's like i get face fake profiles trying to facebook friend me every day yeah that i do. decline and block because you look at them and you can tell they're a fake profile and lord only knows what they're fishing for
1: oh yeah i got invited to uh, from somebody who i had friended to quite to like quite a page today <laughs> Did you?
0: I was
1: (laughs) was immediately like, unfriend.
0: (laughs) Right, right. No, I'm on to them. It's probably because I'm a widow and everybody knows I'm a widow because I wrote the book Widowed. So I get all these creepy male profiles trying to friend me. And I'm like, no, 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 (laughs) no. If all you have is a picture of you hugging a little kid in a park, that's creepy.
1: I'm gonna just assume that all Kevin did was make a profile, friend her, and then check in occasionally to see what she posted on her wall.
0: All right. In his defense, do you think he found a picture on the internet of someone who looked like Sue Yi? Oh, for sure. I mean, otherwise, <laughs>
1: I guess you can go with a a pictureless profile, but most people won't friend those. So yeah, we're gonna assume that he found a fake picture of Sue Yi.
0: That's pretty desperate. <laughs>
1: still pretty desperate I mean maybe it just tells you something about how he's secretly been a little bit obsessed with her I mean he's kind of been
0: obsessed with her forever right he was still in love with her clearly yeah if he was doing that and wanting to know you know um, and she tells him she was in a bad place for a long time after they split and she's in a good place now right she's dating a nice guy yeah. And Kevin tells her he remembers what she wore the first day of fourth grade. Yeah. And that the day she told him she'd marry him was the best day of his life. And if she's willing to take another chance, he will be waiting for her at the diner again in the morning. Right? Yeah. Which she, of course, shows up again. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, it seems like, um, it seems like kind of from the second he showed up, she sort of, like, knew but didn't want to know that she was going to end up sucked into him.
0: Yeah. Which I could understand that, except when she said she's dating a nice guy right now.
1: Yeah, but he asked her, he was like, hey, you know, if you're in love with this guy and he's it for you, I don't want to get in the way of that, which is what kind of opened the you know, the door for her to be like, am I in love with this other guy? Ooh. So I think yeah. she's kind of with a guy who's prob- was probably nice, probably treated her great, but she, there just wasn't maybe that X factor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So maybe there's, yeah, there's still something there for her too. Yeah. And there must be, I mean, if this is somebody that you've known since fourth grade and you fell in love with him and you married him after high school, that's a lot of history together right there. Yeah.
1: I mean, I I mean, Steve and I have been um, together most of the time since I was 17 and I have been there where we um, broke up for about a year and a half and Mm -hmm. ended up getting back together. And I've been there when you get shut out of their Facebook profile and all that stuff. Did you Um, make a fake profile? I didn't, but I probably (laughs) would have if I thought of it. To be totally honest with you.
0: Funny. That's so funny.
1: I just didn't think of it.
0: Oh gosh. Um,
1: And we were both like so miserable without each other that like other people were conspiring behind our backs to get us back together.
0: Oh, that's funny.
1: Um. So, yeah, I kind of I kind of know that feeling where it's like there's nobody else in the world who's going to have that kind of history with Kevin that she does. Mm -hmm.
0: Right. Right. And vice versa. Yeah. So true. So true. What else? We get Jack and Rebecca's marriage at City Hall.
1: Oh, yeah. Everybody loves seeing her wedding dress and everything.
0: Yeah. And Miguel gives a speech. At first he says he thought of her as Yoko Ono because he was jealous of her taking Jack's time from him. Yeah. But, uh, then he goes on to say how perfect they are and he clearly admires what they have together.
1: Yeah. Um, I think, I think that's true. We're definitely getting, we're getting a little positive character building on Miguel in these last couple episodes.
0: Yeah, we are. We are. Um, after the wedding, then they kind of go through this little montage of moments from their relationship for Rebecca and Jack, you know, having sex in the shower, breaking the soap dish. Yeah. Uh, she's puking from food poisoning. They're goofing around while brushing their teeth, all that cute stuff. Yeah. And then we suddenly jump to later in their marriage where the kids are teens. Yeah. Okay. Jack and Rebecca are having a little bit of friction between them, mm-hmm. right? About her going and singing with Ben's band. Yep. Yeah. And like they're having dinner with Miguel and Shelley, and Jack makes a joke about, you know, if he wants to see his wife, he has to go to one of her shows. Yeah. And she says, that's not fair. And then he tries to like pawn it off as I'm just joking, but it's, right still awkward.
1: This whole year is awkward on top of awkward.
0: ah, It's really awkward because Miguel and Shelly tells them that they're getting a divorce. Yeah. Right. And that things haven't been right for some time. But we're and we're still friends, but we're getting divorced. Yeah. Which Jack kind of freaks out about. I mean, when they get home afterwards, he's saying, I just don't understand how he could do this. Like, you find your soulmate, you get married, you stay together until you die, period.
1: Yeah. Well, Jack's kind of got that little old-fashioned edge to him.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, he's that kind of guy. Yep. And it's, what, the 1970s? I think we all kind of thought that. Like, they, they talked about divorce rates in the country, but nobody thought that would ever be them. Right. Right?
1: Yeah. Um it's interesting how they, they chose to do this scene of, like, them deciding to take the two of them out to dinner to tell them that they were divorcing. I don't know. Was that a thing that people would do?
0: Well, I could see it. If, if as a, as couples, they were close, clearly Miguel and Jack are that close. I mean, they've been best friends for always.
1: Well, right, for sure. Um, yeah. But I I would wonder about, you know, why Miguel wouldn't have preferred to, you know, tell Jack when they were alone or I don't know.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was like a, um, a dinner together that they had before them had planned for a while.
1: Maybe so. Maybe they like and- do one every month or who knows. Yeah.
0: And they just, you know, they've kind of solidified their plans to divorce and said, you know, should we tell them tonight?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So- Maybe so.
0: Yeah, and they didn't go into great detail at dinner or anything. They just wanted to let them know this is what's going on. Yeah. Jack confronts Miguel later at work that week about Mm -hmm. it. And Miguel saying that their uncoupling has been in the works for a while and saying, we stopped noticing each other, Jack. Yeah. We stopped trying to make each other happy. And that happens in a marriage. Yeah where it's not like there's huge fighting. It's not like there's some huge problem, like somebody's drinking or something. It's just a matter of you start neglecting each other.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always a concerted effort to keep that going. There's not like a point at which you're like, Oh no, we got this. Like it doesn't happen on its own.
0: Yeah. Right. So, Yeah, and it sounded in their marriage like Miguel was the one that was really feeling neglected Mm, Yeah, by this, you know. And he was like, you know, I just couldn't fight for it any longer. I gave up. Yeah. So then we have Rebecca singing at the club. And the band is offered a multi-state tour. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, and Ben is telling her Jack should let her go. Like, if he really loves you, he'll understand. And yeah. she, she pretty much puts him in his place right away, which he deserved. Yeah, you know. I was talking. like,
1: please get out of here with that.
0: Yeah, talking about how what Jack does do. She says, "My husband's a freaking superhero, and you have no idea what you're talking about." Yeah. Um which, I was like, yay, Rebecca, you tell him, <laughs> tell him, Jack is out there raising the bar for every husband in the country every week.
1: <laughs> yeah. Again, it's probably a matter of forced perspective, but I think we're all a little skeptical of this guy.
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not. We don't hate him as much as we hate um Duke.
1: Yeah, well, because he's nice. He seems nice.
0: Yeah, and, and I'm not as skeptical of him as I am of Sanjay. <laughs> right,
1: <laughs> uh, but like, like he seems like he seems like he could potentially be bringing something that's really good for Rebecca. Although I do kind of get where we'll see where they're gonna go with this, but I do kind of get where Rebecca seems like she might be trying to have her cake and eat it too with this particular phase. Um, because it's kind of like, I don't know, it feels to me a little bit like she's, um, like having a little midlife crisis thing with this band thing, or like a, a, like, you know, life that she, the path that she didn't choose thing with it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Right, so she gets to experience that now, and it's a little freeing for her. And yeah, there may be a little sexual tension there that makes the whole thing even more exciting. Not that she would ever plan on following through on that. Right. But it's there, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, a lot of people have been um, very hard on Rebecca throughout the show, and I read an interview about this episode saying... But this is kind of the turning point where um, we're going to maybe flip the relationship a little bit where we've had Jack always being perfect and Rebecca kind of showing her flaws. Yeah. Um. So it'll be interesting to see how they develop that.
0: Yeah, it will be so far in this episode, Jack is still Jack, the perfect husband lover because to safeguard against this, what killed Miguel and Shelly's relationship. Right. He blindfolds her and whisks her off to their first apartment, Mm -hmm. which he's rented for the evening. And it's all decorated with twinkly lights. And he has champagne there. And I'm looking at this going, I want someone to do this for me. No kidding. Right. 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 I want somebody to do this for me. Yeah. Like, I hope all the guys in the country are seeing this, like pay attention. Um, So, yeah, they yeah. have champagne. They have more shower sex to test out the replace soap dish. Mm-hmm. And then they're in a really good place. They are sitting on the bathroom floor, slipping, cham- sipping champagne um Jack has their original notes of wh- when they wrote their vows mm-hmm. that he pulls out. And now we get, you know, one of these really familiar montages that they do with the show. Mm-hmm. We get a flashback of them originally saying their vows in their wedding as they're reading them on the paper in present time. Yeah. But we're also seeing the girls with Beth making the memory box and the cheesy fries at the diner. Right. Or the lava fries, whatever they are, when she shows up again. Yeah. We see uh present time they're rereading their vows in the bathroom. We see Kate going to cabin thirteen and we see Randall with his hand shaking. Mm. Yeah. Right? I- And, like,
1: partially because I didn't remember that thing that Beth said, I was like, does he have
0: Parkinson's that they're trying to bring in? I don't know. He's just, like, totally starting to break down. We see (laughs) handshaking shaking. And in the present, Jack and Rebecca are saying, we're going to be okay. And that's when Rebecca whispers that the band has offered an upcoming tour and she wants to go. Yeah. And that's where they end it. Like sitting on the bathroom floor like that.
1: Yeah. And it's just like everything's all warm and fuzzy and you're feeling like you're going to end on that note. Then it's kind of like the floor drops out from under you.
0: Yeah. Cause she drops that bomb on Jack. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah, we're going on tour and I want to go. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's where we've, left on that episode and, and also read. I was so I had
1: a pit in my stomach I was like I hope they are not gonna write Kate into doing something that we're all gonna be disgusted by in that gap
0: <laughs> I know I know I did not like see her headed into cabin 13 at the end no, just, fortunately nah. they gave us the
1: follow up right at the top of the next episode right right but And I won't say what it is because some of the listeners might not have watched it yet. You
0: have to listen to the, you have to go watch it. (laughs) You (laughs) have to go watch it. We have some feedback from this episode. Mm, Yay. Feedback. Yeah. Cheryl Fox sent us a lot. Um, Says dear Joanne and Rachel, I hope this finds you well. I like the depth that we got into in this episode. Mm. She says, on Kate, when Toby stopped by, I was excited for Kate. He was sweet, goofy, and thoughtful. But when Toby asked Kate to spend the day with him, a red flag looked up, went up. She looked so guilty. I thought she had already done something with Duke that would be regretted. She hasn't yet, but that look of guilt to me was a look of I'm considering it. She seems to protest about Duke a lot. Oh. That's an interesting view. I don't think she over-protests it. I think I mean, Duke's a horrible, So <laughs> um She says she has no compassion for Toby, and I think that in the end, she won't make it with Toby. It's I think right now her feelings are there, but they wear on her quickly, and soon it'll become a bigger issue that once she rejected him, she'll do it again. Mm. You know,
1: I I think it's interesting. There's this subsection of the fan base who actually really do not like Toby. Yeah. And, um, I'm, I'm pro Toby. So I come at it from that angle, but right. I do see how people like he's a little subtly kind of needy in a way that could come across as a little bit manipulative.
0: Yeah. But I don't think that Cheryl is dissing Toby in this. Cause she's saying, um, I don't think she I think she doesn't believe she can be loved yet, mm, like she's more worried about Kate. She says I think there's more to be dug out of her, and that she needs to, as Duke said, accept herself, yeah, oh, and after Toby gave her his grandmother's ring and left, I yelled at the television, Don't let him leave, but she did. She didn't even kiss him or anything. Oh, Cheryl, I love that you yell at the television. I do, too.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I definitely have my moments of that myself.
0: I know, but she's like, don't let him leave. (laughs) Don't let him leave. Uh, Then she gives us, um, she has three points. The one was Kate. The next one is on Randall. Mm. She says, man, is he an angry person? He's angry that he just met his father and now he's going to lose him to cancer. He's angry that all he's working for is now being taken away. He feels guilty and still has a lot of repressed feelings about Rebecca, Jack, Kevin, and William. It upsets him to even talk about death right now. He doesn't seem to accept the fact that death is coming, and he doesn't want to have his girls having to deal with losing someone. Randall has always lived as the strong one, the person that has everything together. He's losing control. Beth is trying to show her girls that death happens. And here's how I dealt with it. I think it's perfectly acceptable. I have moment, momentos of my grandparents that I've kept over the years. I did love the memory box idea. So did I. Hmm.
1: Yeah. I think, um, you know, I, I think it's clear that when Randall is upset about that and when he's upset, when they're um, talking about the hospice care, um, you know, it's uh, um, it's just him projecting his own feelings about it.
0: Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause he was very angry and, and nasty to the hospice worker that was interviewing them. Yeah. You know? Um, um,
1: and it was like, come on, what's that about? Like this person is here to help you.
0: Yeah, Randall's just not ready to even deal with it, face it at all. Yeah. it's like, wait a minute, he's not dead yet, so what are we talking all this dead stuff about? Yeah. So he's just not open to any of that. Yeah. And then she gives us her take on Jack. I'm interested. I haven't read this yet, so this is all news to me, reading Cheryl's note. Exciting. Everyone... Everyone swooned a lot when Jack brought Rebecca to their first apartment and read his vows to her. Oh, I yeah. do means I will. The whole world collectively sighed. I even admired him for confronting Miguel about what happened between him and Shelley. He went in with his guns blazing, trying to figure out if it was Miguel's fault for the divorce. I think it scared him to think about the divorce rate and wondering the what-ifs between him and Rebecca, I read on one of the Facebook pages of ladies wanting to find their Jack. (laughs) I'm here to say that, ladies, I'll be impressed if you find someone exactly like Jack. He's a character and put together out of everyone's past experiences to get the best. But what is going to happen when his worst starts coming out? Mm -hmm. To be realistic, we don't know how things end up except he dies. Right. Did love that Rebecca defended him to her band buddy, calling him a superhero. That was awesome. And Cheryl signs off celebrate your family every day. Hmm, I love that. Yeah. Um. And yeah, she's funny because isn't that so true? Uh, oh, saying yeah. Now you're not going to find someone exactly like Jack because you know- he's a-
1: you know my thing about Jack. He's a he's a male version of the Mary Sue trope at this point. He's, right. a, he's a little too perfect, to be real.
0: He's exactly perfect. I mean, you know, the, plus they do that whole time thing on this show. This was just like um the three birthday parties. Yeah. It's like he found out that Miguel and Shelley are divorcing. He gets insecure, so it's like almost overnight he's able to... Find who owns, still owns their original apartment. Mm -hmm. Finds out that it's empty and that he can rent it for a night and gets it set up with all these twinkle lights and candles and champagne. like, how does all this happen so fast?
1: (laughs) He waves his magic jack once.
0: I guess so. I guess
1: so. Magician. That's what you don't know about Jack.
0: Yeah, because I, you know, I, th- I mean, I really had that feeling when he took her in there. I'm like, "No, how did he set this all up?" So how quick?
1: did that happen so fast?
0: I know it. I know it. I'm- and why has nobody ever done this for me? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: it's would- it's so funny. I just made a connection while we were um talking about this episode how there's like almost like the men the men around this family kind of have this like like character from a romantic comedy kind of thing. Mm -hmm. We have Jack doing these like, you know, epic stunts like this. And then Toby. And then now we also have Kevin with admittedly being coached by Toby and like setting up that whole thing with the lava fries and the booth. So yeah, like this, like this trope or like this um, recurring motif in this show of men Who um, are super romantic and make these like sort of like super nostalgic romantic gestures. Right. Uh, Right. And I wonder if that somehow is supposed to all stem from Jack. Like, oh, you know, maybe Kate liked that in Toby because it reminded her of her dad. And maybe Kevin's a little like that because he's kind of like his dad. Mm hmm. I don't know. Right. Need that connection. And
0: I don't know that Toby is still coaching um, Kevin at this point. No. I mean, he no. coached no. Kevin for Kevin to realize that it was really his ex that he wanted to go talk to. Right. I think this is stunningly all Kevin. Yeah, I think
1: he just kind of took that ball and ran with it. Was sort of yeah. the point. So, but yeah, that that was very Jackish of him in a way. It's almost a similar kind of thing as Jack's doing with Rebecca.
0: Yeah, true, true. I see that now. Even though on the previous episode when Toby said... You know, I have been the master of grand romantic gestures because okay. you, who can stand there in all your airy and gorgeousness and women just fall at your feet, I, on the other hand, have to do these really <laughs> extravagant, wonderful things to be nice to them. Right. So they'll go out with me. <laughs> right. Totally. Oh, God. And let's see, we have one more mm. from Cheryl, Cheryl Mahoney. No, Cindy Mahoney. I'm sorry, I'm reading this wrong. Cindy. Cindy writes to say, Hi, I'm so eager for your podcast from the last two episodes. Mm. I love listening to them. Will they be up soon? I have some thoughts to share on the last episode. Oh my gosh, we're recording both of them tonight, Cindy. Sorry, we are late. I'll tell you guys more about that. She says, I really enjoy how your co-host talks, breaks down the show and... It's storytelling devices. She gives some great analysis. Does she have a background in writing or film? We both have a background in writing, for sure.
1: (laughs) We're both best-selling authors, international best-selling authors.
0: Right, Um, right.
1: And um, as for anything else, I guess I would say I have, you know, as an image consultant, I have an art background, and I think if you understand These kinds of things in one kind of art, you can kind of apply it to anything, even though my background... I mean, I was a costume designer, so I do understand a lot of stuff about film and how it gets made. Maybe that's why.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Could be, yeah. But
1: thank you so much, and I appreciate you asking.
0: And I think I'm going to share with them... You all might be surprised to know that up till... Last week, Rachel and I had never actually met in person, Mm -hmm. although we've worked with the same publisher. We're both in the same mastermind, so we see each other weekly on video calls, Right, and um, we really connected to do this podcast together because you'll discover in the early episodes, I have a different co-host each week mm-hmm. until Rachel and I got together and we enjoy doing this so much together that we've just decided that was it. I found, I found my co-host in <laughs> Rachel for sure. Well, so, and we have this real mutual admiration society going, but last week we got to meet as Rachel says in 3d, mm. <laughs>
1: Yeah, finally. I had uh, There was an event on in New York that I was speaking at. I had some tickets, and so I coerced Joanne to come and join me, and another friend who's sort of in our publishing circle was there, and it was just fabulous. We were, you know, sipping wine and looking at the Empire State Building and just having a ball.
0: It was, it was fantastic. It was a fun event. It was so awesome to get together with you and with Tammy Oh yeah. and for us to get to meet in person. Totally. And, um, we absolutely loved each other as much in person as we do over the podcast, right. <laughs> From our two different locations that we get together to on to podcast here for you guys. Totally. So that's why, um, we're a little delayed on the episodes and, uh, we've got number 14 in the bag for you now and we will be recording number 15 and they'll probably both post about the same time yeah you know, as soon as i can do the sound editing on these which takes me a little bit to get through
1: yeah we're we're having a recording party tonight so thanks
0: That's right for your patience and <laughs> um
1: it's it's our pleasure to get up some more episodes for you guys
0: absolutely yep and it gives us an excuse to sit up late and drink wine so <laughs> So that is what it is. Continue to send us feedback. I love to hear from listeners. We love to hear your views on what's going on. It's so much fun. So send it to Joanne at coach.com J O A N N. Joanne at com, and just put this is us podcast in your subject line or feedback or something like that so that i can snag it and save it for our next podcast episode awesome. so we'll get to you we'll get directly to episode 15 have a great time people and remember this is us